You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Today, we'll be discussing the benefits of universal adhesives. Our guest is Dr. Thomas Dudney, Clinical Director of the Pacific Aesthetic Continuum Hands-On Programs. In addition to teaching hands-on programs, he has presented workshops and lectures at dental meetings and has authored several articles on aesthetic and restorative dentistry. Dr. Dudney, it's a pleasure to have you back on Dental Talk. Great to be back with you, Phil. So those of you who missed uh, Dr. Dudney's last podcast, feel free to tap into that. It was on etching modes, which was uh, very informative, the benefits and their applications. It's uh, very short and concise, but it really sums up which etching mode works best for the particular clinical situation that you're working with. And so please feel free to tap into that one. And the name of that is called Three Etching Modes, What are the Benefits and Applications? So today, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be talking about universal adhesives and their benefits. So to begin, what are the benefits overall of universal adhesives? Okay. Well, that's really a great question. And it it does kind of go back on what we talked about before. And um, one of the big benefits, I think, of universal adhesives are the etching modes. Uh, so, for example, let's say we're going to be bonding to mostly all enamel. We talked about if it's mostly enamel, we're going to want to use a total etch technique. Say we're putting a porcelain veneer on and we're bonding to all enamel. And we want to get the highest bond strengths, the best retention, so we'd use a total etch technique. Or let's say I need to bond a crown on, but I'm bonding to almost all dent and there's no enamel present. Then in a case like that, I'd probably want to use a self-edge technique. But let's say I'm putting an onlay in and I want to bond, I have some enamel and some dentin. I want to etch the enamel, but I don't want to etch the dentin with phosphoric acid gel. So I would use what's called a selective edge technique. Now here's the beauty. With a universal adhesive, it doesn't matter which technique I'm using. I can use the same adhesive for all three of those etching modes, all the three of those techniques. But if I were using a fourth or fifth generation total etch, I wouldn't want to use that in a self-etching mode. And if I were using a self-etching primer, say like a sixth generation self-etching primer, I wouldn't want to use that for the highest bond strengths for a total etch. So it eliminates product inventory in my mind. It makes it simpler and easier on the dentist and the assistant because it doesn't matter what you're doing clinically, one adhesive Will, will satisfy any steps. And most universal adhesives are single bottle, uh, which also simplifies things. Uh, the chemistries have changed, they've gotten better. Most of them uh, incorporate an acidic phosphate monomer. The most common one used in universal adhesives today is the 10 MDP monomer, uh, which allows us to do things we couldn't do before. And so we're really uh, fortunate I think in dentistry, uh, and and they've been around now. A lot of people don't realize, but the first university adhesive was introduced at the uh, end of the year, calendar year 2011. So by 2012, you had two or three companies that had already developed them. So we're looking now at almost 10 years of universal adhesives and and some a lot of documentation to demonstrate clinical success. Right. So are there any compromises by using a universal adhesive with any of those etching modes? The biggest thing to me with a universal adhesive is that you have to evaporate the solvent according to the manufacturer's instructions. In other words, the number of coats you put on. Still, you know, your technique is important in this. Uh, I'd still, if I'm using a, a, an etch, if I'm putting etch on teeth, I still isolate with a rubber dam. Uh, you want to put the amount of coats or if you're using a self-etching technique with universal adhesive, you want to uh, vibrate your, your brush on the tooth. You want to, you know, do a little scrubbing motion on there with self-etching primer. 
uh, using universal adhesive as a self-etching technique. Uh, you want to make sure the solvents evaporated that usually that you don't see any movement when you put a, a, a slow, uh, steady stream of air on there lightly. Uh, you don't want to blow too hard with your air. And then this is the most important step. You want to light cure. You need to light cure universal adhesive. Uh, because it goes on hydrophilic, which is important, but it becomes hydrophobic after it's light cured, which will allow it to bond to a resin or bond to resin cements. So that's the, the real key of that in, is that you want to be sure you light cure. Right. So it stays a hydrophilic material until it's light cured, obviously, and then it's hydrophobic. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And that was actually one of my questions, the importance of light curing. So right. will curing the adhesive layer affect the seeding of an indirect restoration? So with most universal adhesives, and again, manufacturing instructions are critical, especially with so many on the market, and they're all good. There's a lot of good ones out there. I mean, the first one that was developed was by 3M, Scotch Bond Universal, and then Bisco came out right behind that with their All Bond Universal, which personally I happen to really like because I've been using it for about 10 years, so or just shy of 10 years. So it's really been a lot of I've, – I've experienced a lot of clinical success with it. But – the, uh, the most important thing is if you cure that adhesive layer, you have to understand it's not going to interfere with the seed of a restoration because the, we've got a, a thickness, a film thickness of less than 10 microns. However, for those dentists that may fear that it could interfere with a seat, they have dual cure um, activators now with these universal adhesives that you can put on that allows the material to, to cure underneath a resin without having to light cure it first. So it, it can be done in a dual cure mode, but I, like I said, I've been doing it, Phil, for almost 10 years, and I've had no problems with seeding, even like a really thin veneer or a restoration that has a like a uh, an inlay or an onlay that has to seed into a, a proximal box or something like that. So seeding restorations, uh, crowns, I've had no problems with it. So right. I don't I don't fear that, but if dentists do, there are things that can be done for it like mm -hmm. the, the dual cure activators. You mentioned you used the Bisco product. When you started using that material, right. what got you into that? And what are you looking for in a material for you to stick with it? I'd always loved Bisco's adhesives, okay? So I'd been an Albon fan and I, you know, and I'd used them very successfully, the, the uh, both the fourth and fifth generation products that they had. Uh, I never really, I kind of went right from Total Etch with fifth generation right into universal adhesives. I never was a big self-etcher, although I have a lot of uh, friends, a lot of colleagues that love self-etching technique. But I, I liked it because I'd had success with their other products. And I also liked it because you didn't need a dual cure activator. It was compatible with anybody's resin, with anybody's cement. Uh, with any other uh, manufacturers, resins or cements. That for me was a big thing. And I just, I, you know, I'd, I'd heard about it. I talked to people about it and I was intrigued because a single bottle to be able to use that uh, simplified the process and still get good clinical success, no matter which uh, etching mode we were doing. Can universal adhesives be used as ceramic primers? Okay. So that's a that's a good question. Some people would tell you yes, okay? And some companies like 3M and, uh, and Ibacar, they will even add silane or add a glass primer into their universal adhesives. Personally, for me, I would rather use a dedicated primer, although because they incorporate the 10-MDP monomer, you're going to get some adhesion. There's, a, there's an affinity for zirconia 
the 10, the phosphate monomer, the 10 MDP monomer uh, has an affinity for zirconia. That's why you're going to get some bond to zirconia. So yes, you will get some bond to glass. You'll get some bond to zirconia. You'll get some bond to metal with uh, universal adhesives. But I, I don't think you're going to get it to the extent if you use a dedicated primer like Silane or like uh, a Z Prime Plus by Bisco or a Monobond Plus by uh, Ivoclar. Those are metal primers that you use to bond zirconia with. Yeah, there's sometimes just so much you can pack into one bottle, right? <laughs> you just right, <laughs> exactly. And it is an extra step. I understand that. And it might simplify if you could use them as primers. But for me, if I'm if I'm looking for the highest bond strength I can get, I don't mind that extra step. Putting silane on a glass ceramic or putting a zirconia primer like uh, Z Prime Plus or Monobond Plus on zirconia, that doesn't take that long. Right. It's uh, Actually, you paint one coat and wait 30 seconds. So, I mean, that's yeah. not really a lot of time you're, you're, you're expending there. Yeah, it takes a lot longer if you have a ceramic failure. Um, there you go. Yeah. There, you're speaking my language now, right. okay? Because yeah. for me, there's no, yeah, you know, there's nothing that I wouldn't mind taking a little extra time for to prevent a debond or a failure. Yeah, no. if I can. I'm not saying they don't happen, and they happen to all of us. But mm -hmm. I'm saying if I can do an extra step that's going to help prevent that, I'll do it every day. Yeah, and what I hear from other KOLs like yourself is that Bisco has an incredible support team over there. Where if you have uh. Issues, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you do have an occasional failure, right. you, know, you can contact them and they'll walk you through right. it. They'll find out the steps you've used, how you've stored the product and how you've right. used it. They make and store all their own products. They have people there, like you said, that'll talk to you about it and, and troubleshoot with you. Uh, I've worked with their company for years and I love it. When it comes to adhesives and cements, uh, there's so many great manufacturers out there and we, we could make a, a long list, but I really like Bisco for that reason. And I like how they do their products. I like all the fact that they make all their own products in-house and they ship them directly from there. They're not sitting in a in a warehouse somewhere before they get shipped to you. So you're getting fresh product every time. So Yeah, yeah great point. That is important. Again, uh, Dr. Dodney, thank you very much for your time. We look forward to having you on another podcast soon. And I believe the one that's coming up, which is going to be very interesting, is conventional versus adhesive resin cementation. So we'll be looking forward to that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Phil. I look forward to it too.